Hello and all, pretty welcome to Along the Line, brought to you by CK Streaming. Coming up on the show, Crow Park have released their master fixtures plan and Jonathan Cullen will be joining us to go through the finer details. While both the Camogie and Ladies Football Association have released their National League fixtures, Philly Ryan and Samantha Lambert will be here with us later on telling us all about them. Joining me here this evening is Brian Crafton. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tomas. Thanks for having me. Brian, I suppose there's only one place to start. Uh, Super Saturday for uh, women's sport and Tipperary sport in particular. All started Saturday morning with Orla Dwyer with Brisbane. Yeah, so exciting. It's been a breath of fresh air, the Aussie Aussie rules ladies, um, because so many Irish ladies are in it. And for a competition that's only four years old, the drama is great. And, you know, she's... It's amazing to think that Orla Dwyer finds herself in the grand final now to take place next weekend for Brisbane. Yeah, because um, she she played unbelievable. Like um, they took her off in the interchange in the third quarter, and they kind of went out of it. But she made a huge difference in the final quarter when she came back in. Yeah, I mean, it just shows the the sporting ability to go from a a jewel star in Tipperary. You know, she she grabbed her opportunity, aged 22, to take a year or two out from university. She's studying to be a, a PE teacher, I think. And it's just fantastic the way she is a great role model. And I remember when she was playing Camogie, she was out on the pitch talking to all the young girls that were coming onto the pitch, even after they lost a big All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, because... Um She's a super athlete. Like she, she could probably take her hand to anything. I hear Ashley Maloney saying during the week that she has that kind of talent that she's Olympic standard. If she wanted to take up a sport and compete in the Olympics, she'd be competing for gold medals. Oh, isn't it fantastic to hear? Yeah, fantastic. And she always carries herself in a, you know, great too. She's she's really an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, because even looking at that ladies' football team and the Camogie team as well, in tip, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of them girls. Uh, they're role models for young girls now. Oh, it's in a brilliant. I mean that uh, that's what I know. My nieces were talking about the last few years is they they loved that game, the Camogie. You know, going to Tipperary, they knew a good few of the players, and it's just great to see that that. They can be this inspiration to bring the the next get them interested in sport and yeah, fantastic. Yeah, moving on. Then we thought we had uh, a good start to the Saturday, but we didn't we didn't realise what was going to happen Saturday afternoon. Uh, Rachel Blackmore, what an icon! Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. I was reading reading about her story, and it's it's just fantastic the way. I mean, 10 years ago, she started out and she, her first four years were as an amateur rider. And you have to really impress as an amateur rider. You have to go around and win every point to point you're on. So she became fully professional 2015. And she has a degree in equine science too, which is fantastic. And just the way horse racing, it's a professional business. If you're not a... You have to be a top jockey to get these top horses. So I think she's proved that a next thing you get in with the top trainers and they're looking at results. So isn't it fantastic just the journey she's been on and to create headlines throughout Ireland and and further afield. Um you couldn't you couldn't believe that she she won that Grand National. You know, it's just been a momentous year. Yeah, because uh, they are saying she's the, the first woman to jockey to win the Grand National. But they saying she's the best woman jockey in the world at the minute. She's probably the best jockey in the world, never mind male or female. Yeah, you could say the best jockey because in Cheltenham, she had six winners over the four days. She's been, as Ruby Wise pointed out, it's all great when you get the outstanding horses, but you have to perform on these horses or these top trainers and owners will look elsewhere so and I just hear her interviews and she's 
she's really grounded too. She's already looking forward to Punchestown at the end of the month. So that just shows you how how much of an inspiration she is. Yeah, so you can see after the race there, within 10 minutes, she was getting ready to go on the bumper again. Yeah, fantastic. And it's just the way I've heard that she puts disappointments behind her. Yeah, that's what you have to learn in, in sport growing up, that she could she could be on a great horse and make a slight mistake. And it's as if it doesn't dent her confidence that she's able to go out. And that's a, a trait you need in, in all sports. Yeah, and at the same time as Rachel was winning the Grand National, Ireland were kicking off their Six Nations to the women's and Dorothy Wilde, a great performance in the try, only her fifth game for Ireland. Yeah, it's a super, yeah, from from Feathered and to, to go on and make a difference. Excellent performance. Now, they will have a, I hope the match goes ahead against France because I think France beat Wales by a similar margin. So it's going to be an amazing test against France and what a match to be involved in. I mean, France are part-time. They have some professionals in the team. It's unlucky at the moment Ireland are still amateur, but that could change with this in the next coming years because England are fully professional. So it is an uneven championship. It's just up to Ireland now to really... As you say, you've got nothing to lose against France and it'd be an amazing chance to, to play against them. Yeah, because only a couple of years ago they won a Grand Slam and uh, funding was withdrawn from them then after that. Like, but, uh, They have shown like um, how good they are and the talks, even the British papers have been talking about Dirty Wall over the last couple of days and her performance and She's one of the up-and-coming flankers in world rugby, so hopefully she can build on it. Yeah, of course. And speaking about Ireland's Grand Slam, so it's obvious the talent is there. England and France just decided to step ahead and with investment, they made most of their players fully professional. So we, we'd love to see it in Ireland because, the you know, it's great. The matches are on TV. They have a great sporting audience and... Just fantastic all around, as you said, to see women's sport. I mean, what a Saturday for women's sport. And for Tipperary sport as well. We'll, we'll uh, take everything we can get. But it is um, it is truly inspirational for all young girls there looking at people like this like, at the moment. Oh, for sure. I, I listened to Game On and even Marie Crow, she's the presenter, was saying... 20 years ago, all it was was Sonia Sullivan for five minutes a couple of times a year. And that was their only women in sport they could look to. And now, as you said, on any given weekend, not alone girls are following, everyone's following the sport. And we're all glued to the updates. We like to see success. We like to see new characters emerging. And yeah, fantastic inspiration. Yeah, the one thing that I noticed with a lot of these women are um, they're very grounded. Yes, it's a lovely to see every interview. They they mentioned their their coaches growing up, which is a a great incentive for everyone who's played at a young age to get involved in juvenile coaching. And they mentioned the the effect it has on them growing up. And yeah, they just mentioned working hard their teammates and yeah, refreshing to see in sometimes the overinflated wages of, of male sport to see these fantastic characters emerge. Yeah, and looking forward, uh, the league fixtures have been uh, announced and the Tip Kamogi are out on the 15th uh, May away to Cork and the following weekend the footballers are away to Cork as well. So, the uh, footballers have a bit of a tough group, but that's where they want to be. Oh, exactly. As you know yourself, the, the past few years, they've been up there in both codes, All-Ireland semi-finals, the hurling, the Kawagi, All-Ireland quarter-finals, the football. And it's so refreshing that they want to take on these these top teams, the likes of Kawagi, you have Galway and Cork and Kilkenny. They're the teams they want to take on. And they realise 
to take them on. We're going to have to inspire more younger players to come on the team, get more practice. And even in the, the football too, they're not daunted by taking on the likes of Dublin, who are three times reigning champions. That's where they want to be. That's where they and it's it's going to be a great journey for us to watch them this year and beyond. Yeah, because um Kip actually beat Cork in the football down there a couple of years ago. Actually Maloney with a great goal in the last minute. And they drew with Dublin last year. So they they do belong up there. There's no point in saying anything else like they they won the All Ireland Intermediate in seventeen, and they were beaten by a pint in both games the following year in senior in the championship. Ended up in relegated, came back in in nineteen, won an All Ireland, and very unlucky last year as well that a few small decisions didn't go their way. So they're building there. There's great groundwork going on there at county board level for the ladies' football. Yeah, it's fantastic to hear all those results, and that's it. You need to to keep playing these top teams. Yeah, that's the the, the experience they'll get. And as you said, uh, they're building on from 2017. I think it was Orla Dwyer playing on that. She would have been, yeah. She would have been, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully we'll get to see her later on in the year back in the blue and gold jersey. I'm sure when she does get home, regardless of the result next Saturday, she will get a hero's reception. And Ashley McCarthy as well who's been out there. She's out injured at the minute. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see her in a blue and gold jersey as well. Uh, looking forward to the GA and um, they're back training uh, next week and Tipper due to play the weekend of the 8th and 9th of May in the Harlan the following weekend then in the football. Yeah, isn't it fantastic for us to look forward to the Tip Hurlers will be out five weekends out of seven. So I think it's just a great, it's, it's been a great news for everyone that there'll be 20 weeks of inter-county action to come. It gives us great stories to talk about. And I would say Liam Sheedy will be especially talking to the younger players and saying, you'll be getting your chance over these five league games to, to impress and to to try and nail down a spot on the team because that's that makes a successful team evolve if we get these exciting players emerging. And uh, the footballers too, it's a great way to build on the support from last year's historic Munster final win. So I see they get to take on Limerick again. And yeah, exciting that they get three, three good matches because we know the football will be provincial knockout. So we'll be all glued to the draws on Monday the 19th of April. Yeah, because as you said, Limerick, Offaly and Wicklow is the third team. Uh, definitely within them to get out of that group and get to a uh, get to a final of that and look at getting promoted out of Division 3. Yeah, it's great to hear that that was uh, an aim of the manager, power and and the players that they they want to be in Division Two, and that's who they want to come up against. And they realise that they, obviously they need to get promoted out of Division Three, and you want to be playing the top teams in Division Two, and it'll inspire more tip youngsters to take up Gaelic football. Yeah, and they're going to be the the team that everybody wants to get a rap at in, in Munster. Then, as was Kerry are still licking their wounds from last year. And they'll want to prove that that was a fluke against Cork. So people have it all to do to defend that fight. Oh, of course. But what a position to be going in as holders. And I, I fully expect the manager to have them grounded and to they'll know that a few years ago, Limerick beat them. So, you know, anything can happen in Munster football. And the likes of Clare and Limerick will be looking at tip success like other counties up in Ulster will be looking at Cavan and they're thinking in a knockout situation, it does suit the, the smaller county, maybe with the smaller panel to knock it and cause an upset. Yeah, well, only time will tell us the most, but 
I suppose it's kind of like an FA Cup at the minute uh, with the old style. Like, uh, I suppose when there's a back door there, the big guns could get caught in the provincial, but they build momentum. Whereas now they don't have that chance. They don't have that second chance. Oh, of course, it was it was a breath of fresh air. The football last year to be knockout and. You know that you're right, uh, especially the teams up in Ulster. They used to any team, a big team, Tyrone, Donegal, they could get knocked out, and you'd see them back in Crow Park for an All Ireland quarter final or semi final. Same with Kerry in, in Munster. So it's just uh, just for the times that we're in, it's a level playing field, and it's for sure going to be exciting. Yeah, because um, there's still talks of. There's still talks of a lot of a lot of people want the provincial championships to be gone away. But now I know Tip won last year, but Kerry have been dominating Munster and Leinster is a landslide every year. Like, um, but there's something special about provincial as well. You could see that in Ulster and Munster last year. What it meant to the people of Cavan and what it meant to the people of Tipperary. Oh, yes. I know we first hand here in Tipperary, there was people contacting us that wouldn't have even seen Tip football much. But the, the, it's just a, a monster final. It's in folklore. And I, for one, am just a big fan of the provincial championships. Now, I know there's, there's work to be done. There's work to be done in Leinster. But you look at the other three provincial championships and... Well, especially in Ulster, where it's it's fantastic to watch up there. And in Connacht, they're all targeting that Ulster t- or that Connacht title. And yeah, I really feel it it helped out last year with Tip bridging a eighty year gap to to take the Munster title. And it's something they'll always have a Munster medal as opposed to ideas of a Champions League style group of sixteen. So. You know, there is something special about Monster Final. And for us as spectators, we can remember all the Monster Final that we've attended, as opposed to attending a, a round-robin match. Yeah, because the Super 8s there that they brought in a couple of years ago, uh, they didn't seem to work really. And that's kind of like what the Champions League style would be looking at as well, something similar to them Super 8s. Like, there was a lot of dead rubbers in them uh, games there the last couple of years. Um, so when it came to round three, uh, two teams could be out and two teams already gone through. So the small crowds at them games and there were dead rubbers. So if you end up having a lot of dead rubbers in a Champions League style football, I don't think it would benefit anybody. Yeah, that's the deficit. Now, I know it was brought in to try and uh, give maybe families a chance to, to see a a quarter final as opposed to taking the trip to Crow Park that could cost upwards when you're bringing the kids to Crow Park. So that was, you couldn't fault the logic in it. But I think to test it out, especially as you said, uh, round three, the dead rubbers, that uh, the quarter final knockout, it brings a, a great element to it. Even they were talking about uh, the Champions League soccer and they were American Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich oh, let's have this European Super League that we can always see this match. But there wouldn't be any point watching it unless what's riding in it is someone gets knocked out. So I found that they're even learning that too in the European Champions League. It's a huge part of the attendance or the, the players' mentality, the, the audience to see knockout football. Yeah, well, I suppose... We'll just wait and see now over the next few weeks and hopefully we'll get to see the matches. Um, it doesn't look like in the earlier stages that we're going to get anybody into, into stadiums anyway. Like, but I know Leinster have been speaking about trying to test, trial test the match next month uh, with PCR tests and that. But to be honest, I don't know how it will work. But I suppose we just bide our time and maybe come August we might get to see an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland but at the moment we we can't really look that far ahead like we've seen over the last 12 months uh, 
they've tried to make plans, both say the government and GA and the way the virus goes, it just uh, it it just changes from day to day. So we'll just have to bide our time and uh, get ready to look at the television for the next couple of months. Oh, of course. Yeah, I think in the, the overall picture, it's good we have we have UK beside us who are doing trial runs with spectators at the, the Crucible Snooker or the Carabao Cup final. So it'd be, it'd be good to, to see how they're going. And as well, as you said, we'd all like to see spectators at games. I think we know that we'd, we need to get our kids back out playing juvenile sport. So if it's a thing that there aren't spectators at games for the slow reopening, but we get juvenile sport back going for the juveniles, then I think that's a that's a worthy um, ambition to look forward to because the kids love the matches in as was reflected in last July and August when we, we saw school kids back out playing with their local club. Yeah, because they're due back uh, next Monday week, uh in pods of 15 and we'll have to see we'll have to see how the numbers are going and hopefully in the not too distant future we'll get to see them playing games as well oh of course yeah there's nothing we want more than to see the juveniles just to to put it behind them somehow because we know how much they love their sport and I'm sure your own nephews and nieces are missing out on the like my own, you know, they're missing out on the Saturday morning, poking the ball in the field. And I think we're all looking forward to that day in the coming months. Well, Croft Park outlined their revised master fixture plan this week, with the National Hurling League due to get underway on the weekend of the 8th and 9th of May, with the National Football League beginning the following weekend. China is now along the line to outline the master fixture plan. It's PRO, the Tipperary County Board, Jonathan Collin. Jonathan, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Tomas. Great. Glad to be here to tell you the truth. Uh, bit of white smoke during the week, Jonathan. A uh, few dates there for inter-county matches to return. Yeah, so look at it. It's, 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 I suppose it's what everybody has been looking forward to and hoping for and yearning for, for the last number of months. And we got the good news during the week that, um, obviously training can commence, uh, from Monday week and that the league, uh, will then commence and then the hurling on the, the, the weekend of the 8th and 9th of May, followed by the following weekend with the, with the football league. So. Yeah, look, hopefully from, as I said, from next Monday then, that uh, teams will be back training and it'll be all systems go. Obviously, keeping in mind the current situation and keeping everything as safe as humanly possible. Yeah, the hurling, it's the Division 1, it's two groups of six. That's correct. The same as uh, same as last year, Tipperary being the, the, the same uh, group as last year, they have um, themselves, Tipperary, um, Tipperary and Cork, Westmead, Waterford, Galway, and uh, Limerick. Yeah, and obviously no fixtures for them yet. No, uh, obviously we know the dates. The dates have been set out in the in the fixture plan. Uh, but I'd expect that in the coming days or so that the the fixtures will be made and the the the, the exact times and venues will be finalised. So that's something to look forward to as well. Yeah, because there's actually going to be no final unless the top two meet in the championship. So That's correct, yeah. Well, uh, having five games there for Liam Sheedy, it'll give him plenty of opportunity to take a look at a few players then as well. I think so, yes. And I think, you know, that players are, and management, uh, Liam and, and the management team, are only mad to get back playing games. And, you know, I think the players are probably tipping away at home or whatever, doing their own individual training on their own. So their level of fitness is probably uh, fairly OK. Obviously, their their ball work and their first touch mightn't be up to what they, they like to have. it. But I'm sure after the five games and whatever bits of training will be done, that they'll be, they'll be in the same position as, as anybody else, I'd imagine. Yeah, and the football then, um, starting on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of May, um, it's a group of four for that, I believe, is it? A uh, group of four, yeah. Tipperary, Wicklow, 
um, Tiberi or Limerick and um, Offaly. Yeah, well, and there's relegation and promotion then and that. There's actually a final then for that as well. Well, there, there, there's a final plan for it, but the final will only take place uh, if the teams that are in the final aren't involved in the championship seven days later. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, any word on a championship day at Chess? The, for the commencement of the Munster Championship? Yeah. Yeah, the Munster Championship, well, the round one of the championships are uh, starting from the weekend of the 26th and 27th of June on the, on the Master Fixture calendar that was sent out. That's the, the dates for the commencement of champions. Yeah, and uh, the draw then for that will take place in the coming days, I assume. Yeah, the, the draw takes place on um, next Monday uh, on um, on RT Radio One um, for the Monster Championship draws. They'll they'll take place and uh, for both hurling and football. Yeah, and um, just here and there over the weekend, uh, it's going to be um, neutral venues again this year. Neutral venue for the championship. That's correct. That's what. Well, that's that's what we expected. It hasn't been a hundred percent agreed by the Munster CCC, but um, it will be agreed in the next couple of days. I believe that the Munster CCC will be meeting, and that'll all be nailed down then. Yeah, and obviously there's a backdoor in the hurling again this year, but there's no backdoor in the football. Yeah, and and um, that's the same as it was last year. Um, I suppose time constraints um, with the championships and with the starting dates uh, mean that they're just going basically with the same system um, that was in place last year. Yeah, and there was no decision made on minor or under 20? No, nothing as of yet. The only permission that the the GA have got from government is um, for senior, senior games. So they couldn't make any decision on under 17 or under 20 at, at the moment but hopefully hopefully uh, um, that there may be maybe on the with the review coming on the 5th of May there with the NEFET and the government maybe at that point hopefully that there may be some good news on that front Yeah because that probably clears up a few questions that a lot of people had that were kind of wondering there what the story was with minor and under 20 but uh, as you say yourself uh, we can only follow government guidelines that's exactly it, and we can only do as uh, we can only do what we're allowed to do, and just hope that they that they will allow the, the lads back to playing under seventeen and uh, under twenty. And I suppose the under seventeens really need to get back doing something, and they're a kind of a age group that they need something to focus on. And you know, so hopefully that will there'll be good um, good news on that front. Yeah, to be a lot of uh, time constraints on trying to finish the championships that were never finished last year at minor and, and under 20 level. Yeah, so that's another thing that they have to look into. And it's another, I suppose, um, conundrum that they have to walk around. But um, that they'll have to look at it and they'll have to, if they want to finish them, which I think they're anxious to do so, obviously, they'll have to come up with the dates. And yeah. I suppose that's something that they'll have to probably finish off before the new championships will, will, will commence. Yeah, and I suppose uh, a lot of club players are not wondering where they stand, but obviously, uh, by the way the government guidelines go, it's level two. Like they have it, they have it for the end of August, beginning of September for club championships to start. But that obviously depends on government guidelines as well. Yeah, everything I suppose depends on government guidelines, Thomas and. Uh... Well, as I said, it's, they have it in their plan for that, that club championship to commence at the beginning of September there. So if, according, I suppose, as, as counties go out of uh, the, their respective inter-county championships, uh, they can then commence their championships at club level. Um, so that would probably, as, as you say, start in from the beginning of September for some counties. But as that's... As we say again, that that's all depending on restrictions and guidelines and, and agreement from all the, the different parties and stakeholders. Yeah, because um, am I right in saying that if Tip were to get to an All-Ireland, that it'd give them maybe 12 or 13 weeks to run off their championship before Munster? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, is it 11 weeks. 11, 11 weeks, I think. Um, that's now off the top of my head I think it's 11 or 12 weeks you're correct in saying that 
um, that they'd have to run off their championships. Yeah, they'd have, as you said, if, if Tipperary or if Tipperary got to the All Ireland final, yeah, they'd have from the beginning of September then. And just looking at the, you'll forgive me for looking down here at the massive fixture plan. It's just there's so much to to to, to take in, but the um, the um, they'd probably have yeah, twelve weeks or thirteen weeks, as you say. Yeah, because um, they had said at the start of the year uh, that the teams, if a if a monster team got to an All Ireland, that they're they wouldn't be in the Munster quarter final of the club championships then. Uh, would that be right to give them? That's what they said. No, time? I suppose that again will 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 need to be clarified again by by um, by the, the the parties involved. But that's what had been said at the time, and I'd imagine that 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 will will be the case. You know, but. Um, it's hard to see. Uh, we'll say every team getting a buy. You know, if Tipperary, for instance, uh, got to the All Ireland final, would the would, would would Tipperary clubs get a buy in senior football and senior hurling, intermediate hurling and intermediate football, junior hurling and junior football? Like you know, so that all has to be worked out. Was it every competition or was it just uh, in the senior competition? You know. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um... And obviously, you're waiting on guidelines at the minute. But uh, have you planned to do the draw for the club championship in the near future, or is that in hold? I'd say probably the the draw for the club championship. Will, I'd, I'd imagine it will take place within the next six to eight weeks. There's no real immediate panic on it uh, for the reasons that we've outlined earlier on in relation to when clubs can. We'll say go back training and when the championship will take place and we're just basing it on the the the, the expectation that the championship would, would commence in the beginning of September uh, I, I'd be of the view that the, the draws will probably take place maybe in, sometime in, 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 in June or, or, or that, around about that time Yeah and if the if the situation improves you're probably looking at maybe some sort of a county league then for non-inter-county players, would you be? Yeah, I would, I would expect so. I expect that the, that the, 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 as you said, you get players back doing a bit and uh, like instead of having clubs having to maybe travel for challenge matches uh, around the place, that maybe something like a regionalised county league maybe maybe something that the county CCC would look at. Uh, again, that's their... That's their call, and that's something that they'll have to make the decision on. Um, but I'd ex- I would, I would, I would expect that there will be all going well. That there will be a, a, some form of a county league. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't envy Tom Maher or anybody else that's on that CCC committee. No, and it's I, I spent, I suppose, in, in total um, nearly nine years on the CCC between being divisional secretary and divisional chairman and. It doesn't get any easier any year, I can tell you that much. And this year, as you said, I w- you wouldn't envy anybody's ask of trying to look after and come up with dates and make sure games are played. But look, at, if they will, they'll do it. And and Tom Aher and Jimmy Minogue and the uh, director of the CCC will. Uh, I'm, I'm very positive that they'll get the games played and they'll come up with a good plan. And um, everybody will be happy and everybody will get loads of games. The two lads must have some patience because they're there a while then. Uh, well, uh, uh, Tom is secretary um, for a good number of years now. I think he's probably secretary since around 2010. And this is Jimmy's first year now as the, the chairman of the CCC. So it's probably a new experience for, for Jimmy. He would, of course, been on uh, involved in fixtures um, a number of years ago. But his first time being back in the, the CCC in the hot seat, as they say. So um, it's probably maybe a little baptism of fire uh, with the way the championships are going to be structured. But they said, good committee there. There's a good group of people there from all over the county and uh, they'll come up with the best plan possible. Yeah, just going back to the National League there, i seen with the ladies' football, they announced uh, that if clubs or if counties were to agree about playing matches midweek. Um, I couldn't see that happening in Hurling or football, though. Well, again, it's something that uh, would have to be come, would have to come from Croke Park in relation to fixtures in the middle of the week. I don't. I haven't heard any 
talk of um, midweek games. That's not to say that there, there may be, but um, there has been no talk but at the moment. It looks like from the fixture plan that all games will take place at the weekend, and I'd imagine that's that's something that they'll try to stick to if they can at all. Yeah, well, hopefully, anyway, and we look forward to getting back at the field fairly shortly. And uh, getting the, obviously, we're going to have to watch them on the field again this year now. Uh, but hopefully, they'll get crowds in later on in the year for the club games. Yeah, you look at you'd be hoping that they get some level of, of, of crowd, be able to get some level of crowds back into the uh, club championship games, as you said, whether it be the, the, the 200 from each club or whatever the case may be. But, um, I think it's the, the main thing, Tomas, is that we're getting back to playing games. We're getting back for young, our younger people are getting back onto the field to meet and train with their buddies and their friends and the people that they're going to school with and the people from that they're living next door to, as the case may be. And they're getting back to doing some of the stuff that they should be doing. And, you know, I think for long enough there now, we've been asking our younger people not to do every, everything that we want them to do. But now we're, they're getting a chance to get back and, get outdoors and get involved again and, you know, be children and be, 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 be you know, be, be up to development or whatever on the field or down at training. But we're getting that chance now to get back out and hopefully we can all stick with the plan and with, with, the, with the guidelines and do, do things right for another little while and, you know, we'll get over the line and there'll be brighter days ahead and a lot of people and a lot of clubs and a lot of GA um, people have, have had a lot of, I suppose, bad times uh, visited our door over the last twelve months, and you know we are everything. Every I think everybody, Tomas, needs something to look forward to. And it's it's been it's been testing. It's been testing on and everybody. Like you know, um, mental health is a huge thing nowadays as well, and it's something that we all need to be very very mindful of. And it's something that you know you shouldn't, I suppose, be bandied about in any way because it's it's. Everybody's mental health has been tested with the restrictions and not being able to do things we like to do. And hopefully this is going to be a bit of a release for people and it's something to look forward to. But as I said, for younger people and for older people. And, you know, I think when times were tough last year and there was restrictions in place, every person and the, all, all the older people in, in, in our communities and they had to, the focus of the matches and something to talk about, even if it was only to somebody on the phone and something to look at on a Saturday and a Sunday. And isn't it great that, that, that that's coming back again? And no, I think everybody is really looking forward to it. Yeah, you just uh, mentioned the bit of development there and the youngsters uh, on the field. And uh, I remember marking you a good few times underage and you had a bit of development in you yourself. Uh, well, Tomas, now you were always a bit faster than me, so you have to be slowed down in some way, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, listen, Jonathan, thanks very much for coming on to the show, and I hope we'll be talking to you again very soon. Good man, Tomas, and thanks very much, and, and, and uh, the best of luck, as I said before to you. Cheers. Thank you. The Camogie Association held their annual congress at the weekend and also published their upcoming fixtures for the National League. Jane is now along the line to discuss what happened in Congress and give details on the fixture schedule. Is Piero on the Tipperary Camogie Board, Philly Ryan? Philly, you're very welcome to the show. Hi, Tomas. Philly, um, a few no rule changes brought in there over the weekend, I suppose. First one we touch on there, the minimal contact has been brought in. I suppose that was a big change, yeah. Um, some of the players have been looking for this for, for a couple of years, so... Uh, with the level of uh, fitness, strength and condition of, of, of all our Camogie into county players, uh, we needed to have a rule change. So uh, previously, very little contact was allowed. So now minimal contact is allowed when uh, trying to get possession of the ball. So uh, you can't still have a deliberate shoulder or knock someone over, but you can go uh, as hard as you like now for the ball, So which is great uh, for, for the players. They know what the rule uh, uh, is about, you know, the minimal contact rule for the ball. Yeah, I suppose um, it helps you when you're going at speed to a ball too, like you don't have to be worrying about things like that. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, they done a player survey last year. They also trialled it last year in the National League and the Championship, these rules. So at least uh, Inter-County have seen that it does work and the referees know it does work. Uh, the referees have got used to the rule as well at Inter-County level during the National League and, and the Championship. Yeah, and also uh, the tapping of the hurl as well. 
Yeah, there was a couple of uh, unique camogie uh, rules that, that didn't exist in hurling, and I might go through a few of those, uh, Tomas, if that's okay. Uh, one, of, one of them was uh, that you could tap the hurling in the air and also tap it on the ground. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> this is now banned. There is one still little thing. You can still tap the hurley with someone's solar running from underneath, and that's still allowed. But uh, the tapping the hurley in the air and on the ground is, is now banned. Uh, also, you might have seen in televised camogie matches, dropping the hurley and uh, deliberately, and you could hand pass the ball one hand or two hands. That's dropping the hurley is now, is now uh, banned as well. And I suppose another big rule is there's no more hand pass goals. And uh, I suppose some people thought that was kind of a, an ugly way of scoring a goal, a hand pass goal. So now uh, you can still hand pass points, but the hand pass goal is also gone to most. Yeah, I suppose the tapping of the hurl, um, if it was in hurling, uh, a few kill cornerbacks would have liked uh, a role like that. But obviously, hurling and camogie two different games. Yeah, and uh, do you know what's going to make it easier too is if uh, referees are converting from... Uh, being a hurling referee to camogie referee, it's going to be much more straightforward now with the rules that are so similar. Uh, <clears throat> a good few years ago, there was 12 aside with small goals. Now uh, the numbers in the camogie team is the same, the pitch size is the same, and most rules are now the same. So it's it's, it's very, they're very closely matched the games now. Yeah, and the penalty is gone to the same as men's as well, uh, with one in the goal line. Yeah, and just, they also brought in another rule there. Um, Penalty, one in the goal, but also 20 metre free. Again, you can't rise it. And even from an angle, you, you have to hit the ball from behind the 20 metre free line. So just remember, it, place that ball back a metre or two metres when you're rising it in Camogie. Just to, we, we let players know this. But uh, just like a penalty and a 20 metre free, you cannot strike it from inside the 20. Yeah, because we actually done a county final for you last year with I think the junior with Laura and Temple War and I think there was a penalty in the first half where the referee he realised he made a mistake and it was only the keeper on the line and Rob Butler at Temple Moor actually missed it and it was retaken and there was three on the line so she buried it after like so as you said uh, yeah. I suppose the referees getting used to refereeing both codes That's it now it is, it's becoming more straightforward from, from now on that the rule the other confusion last year is it was in for inter-county and uh, the one in the goal, but club was still at the old rule of three in the goal. So at least now it's passed in Congress, so it's now one in the goal in, in Camogie for all games. Yeah, and uh, I suppose a big talking point there that came out of Congress too, uh, the dual players are going to be recognised now. That'll be, that'll be a big help to county boards as well. It, it, it should be, but... Uh, Again, uh, recognised is, 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 is the certain uh, level of moving in the right direction. Uh, there's, there's, there's going to be, with COVID, a very uh, closed down availability of weekends and nights to get the club finals played and inter-county played. So we still have um, issues with uh, uh, players being busy. But if, if you choose to be a dual player, I think it's important to realise that you will be busy and you will have to play maybe twice a week, three times a week, whatever, because, but you've made that choice to be a dual player. So I think there's a bit of give on, on both sides, but it is very important. Uh, two years ago, Camogie Ladies Football in Tipperary agreed that they wouldn't have uh, ever a finals on, on the same day, which which happened Saturday a few years ago. And now they're moving towards uh, whether you can avoid having matches on the same weekend. But it's all, as you know, Tomas, there's only so many uh, uh, Saturdays and Sundays uh, when the championships come to a final stage so it, it will be hard to work out but at least now the dual player will be taken into consideration and let's see how it goes Yeah and I suppose one thing that people that wouldn't be familiar with ladies football and Camogie wouldn't be aware of is inter-county players are actually playing with their club while the inter-county championship is going on as well uh, Yes uh, in Tipperary now uh, um, <clears throat> it depends on what way that they Camogie and football structured their championships this year. But uh, previously, uh, Tipperary used to run the, the the National League, which would be run in front of county, and then they might fit in some club games, uh, either the league games or whatever, and then back to championship. And, but for many years, their Tipperary fixtures committee used to wait until all inter-county action was over before starting the 
the adult championships, which meant you had no game possibly till August, September. And it was kind of a split season, but you did play leagues before that. So um, <clears throat> then the, some of the club players said they'd like to have more more club games, bigger groups. So it is, it's, it's very hard to, uh, to keep everyone happy. Uh, club players want more group games in championship and uh, uh, inter-county managers want their players to train. So it's, it's still going to be tricky. But I think the GA solution of a split season is the way to go. Get, get all your inter-county action over first and then give a committed couple of months, be it August, September, October, November for the club scene. And uh, hopefully that's the way Camogie will go just like the GA have gone this year. Yeah, I suppose COVID will have an awful big uh, role to play in that too. Like, uh, obviously, this year uh, you're going to be tight for time again, but hopefully next year moving forward, uh, that's something that can be looked at. It definitely can be looked at, yeah. See, at the moment now, uh, they're allowing back elite county teams in May. So uh, I'll go through the, the National League fixtures for Camogie in, in, in a few minutes with you, Tomás. But... Um, the club scene hasn't opened up yet. I think on April 26th, uh, players who are under 18 can train in pods. But uh, for all the adult camogie players who are over 18, uh, they haven't got the go-ahead to train outdoor yet. So uh, it's still very tricky to plan any uh, club fixtures yet in, in, in camogie or GA, isn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose uh, we've kind of made the point on the show here a few weeks uh it's not really a crop art decision. It's coming from government at the end of the day. Like, so exactly. Hands are tied. Yeah. 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 The organization's hands are tied. Yeah. And um, the fixtures were announced at the weekend too for the National League. That's something to be looking forward to. Yeah. So, so uh, Littlewoods Ireland had been the the, 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 the closed company had been sponsoring the National Leagues in Camogie for the last couple of years, which is great. And, uh, the National League, I'll go through it. Uh, Division 1 uh, is divided into three groups for senior camogie teams. So Tipperary's first team are in a group with Cork and Waterford, three teams in the group, uh, with two teams coming out, which is good. And uh, they have uh, so two group games. They're going to play Cork away on Saturday, 15th of May. And then they'll be at home the following Saturday in the RAG, I presume. Um, Tipperary against Waterford. Uh, May 22nd. So our two fixtures are May 15th and May 22nd for the National League. Then, as you can see, it'll all be run off very quickly. If we get a good run, the, the quarterfinals are on uh, June 5th and 6th, semifinals June 12th, 13th, and final June 19th, 20th. So if, if Tip got a run, uh, you could be out uh, uh, five weeks out of six if you got the whole way to the final. And just to mention, uh, Tomás, Tip got to the National League final last year after beating Galway up in Galway while Galway were All-Ireland Championship champions at the time. And it was just such a pity for those girls not to get to play a national final. It was fixed for Crow Park. And uh, uh, we all felt sorry for the Tipperary seniors who didn't get to play the National League final last year. Yeah, so I was looking at Tip over the last couple of years. Uh, there's a lot of work going in at underage level. And... Getting to a couple of All-Ireland semi-finals, but they just can't break down that door. But if they stay plucking away, they're not too far away. We're not too far away. And and uh, in previous semi-finals, we were a bit off off, off the uh, standard maybe. But uh, last year against Kilkenny, if a couple of things went went our way, and uh, uh, remember we had a few injuries in the forwards there with Nicole Walsh and Arla Dwyer was gone back to Australia. So we were missing and Arena Friday was injured. Missing three forwards for the Kilkenny match that had played earlier in the year, Ash Maloney also. So we, we just could have had four extra forwards if everything had gone right against Kilkenny. So, uh, you know, we were definitely getting better and very close now to the big three of Galway, Cork and Kilkenny. And I, I, I just think if we got those had those four forwards last year, we would have got to the final. Yeah, I suppose a lot of it in sport comes down to luck. and Missing four players of that calibre doesn't help either. It didn't help, no. But uh, hopefully this year now we'll have them, we'll have them all all together there. So uh, before I go on to the intermediate, I might just mention that uh, our wing forward Arla Dwyer has qualified for the the grand final in Australian rules uh, football footy, as they call it out there in Australia, and uh, they won their semi final Brisbane Lions against Collingwood on, on yesterday morning. So uh, congratulations to Arla Dwyer, Tips Camogie wing forward there, on, on getting to the the grand final they call it in Australia. Yes, she's a serious athlete and 
as a Borderland man, uh, pro def you. Pro def yeah, she plays, she, play, she plays her ladies football uh, with uh, with Borderland Duala. She plays Camogie with Cashel. And uh, her dad, of course, was on our 96 team, which won a county senior title. So uh, lots of Borderland connections for Arlo Dwyer there. Yeah, she's a serious talented individual. Yeah, um, the the trainer just sent on uh, Arla's mum the 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 stats uh, for uh, so she covered the most ground at both uh, sprinting and running in the Brisbane Lions match yesterday. So uh, uh, she ran the longest distance and ran ran fastest for the most time. So she's seriously fit athlete, yeah. Yeah, because uh, looking at the game um, in the third quarter, like Brisbane Lions were ten points up at half time and. They were outscored, I think, 17 or 18 to 1 in the third quarter. And, uh, like, the interchanges that they have in the Australian rules, and Orla was gone over it. Uh, they had taken her off to give her a rest, and they were in trouble around the middle of the field, and she did make a big difference when she came in, back in for the final quarter. Oh, yeah. I think she was screaming at the manager to come back in there, yeah. So it, 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 it said, so best of luck to her next Saturday, and... Uh, uh, hopefully she'll do well against Adelaide, the fav- favourites down in Adelaide ne- next Saturday. Will I move on to the intermediate uh, pitch yeah. there at Tomas? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, our, our Division 2 fixtures, uh, tip, it's great. The tip intermediates, uh, the, the championship was changed last year for the All-Ireland, so they got no chance to play. The second teams weren't allowed in due to due to COVID restrictions. So tip intermediates are back in action now this year. And we're, we're in a group with uh, Cork, Kerry and Galway. Kerry's first team, obviously. They came up from junior. And Cork and Galway will be uh, tough teams playing intermediate as well. Uh, so, um, the, same, the same weekends as the seniors. So, tip start at home against Cork on Saturday the 15th of May. Then we go away to Galway the following Saturday, 22nd of May, up in Galway. And then the final match, uh, we're at home to Kerry on the 29th of May. So three weeks in a row there, Tip Intermediates play and their manager, Keen Tracy from Turla Sarsfields is uh, is in charge of those and putting his panel together. They're separate managements this year. Uh, Bill Milani had taken both senior and intermediate teams for the last couple of years. So this year we have two different managements and uh, there's over 30 players now on the senior panel. So it'll be a little bit uh, more daunting to try and win an intermediate title this year because the seniors have... Uh, a good few players under their belt in in gun that will be training from the 19th with the senior panel, so uh, <clears throat> there mightn't be as many players at the disposal of the intermediate manager as last year. But best of luck to Tip Intermediates uh, in their quest for National League glory. They won it two years ago, um, so uh, they have they have strong intermediates there in in, in Tip Camogie. Yeah, just on that. Uh... Just say if somebody was going well with the intermediates and were called into the senior for a league game or that, uh, are they still eligible to play intermediate or what way does it work? Oh, and you've caught me on the hop there, Tomas. Now I'd, I'll have to check that one out to you, but I, I, I'd say uh, they would be definitely out for the rest of the league. Whether they'd be out for the championship, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to check out the, the the exact rules of that and come, and come back to you. I, I'm not so sure about it. Um, Thinking if they played senior at any level, that they'd be gone. But I'm not sure if they played National League, would they be gone for championship? Yeah, sure. I suppose only time and time. Uh, exciting times ahead. Uh, Philly, thanks very much for coming out to the show. Um, wish Tip the best of luck for the year and hope to be talking to you again very soon. Yeah, and we got a great boost uh, earlier in the year there when uh, Mary Ryan, Money Gall, and uh, Karen Kendi, Turles Sarsfields, and Anya Slattery, Shan Rovers got picked as all stars. So the mood in the, in the senior cap must be great at the moment. So um, that's a great start for the girls uh, heading into this season as well. So thanks to Moss for the Mogi update. Thank you. The LGFA also announced their proposed fixture dates this week for the National Football League, with games due to commence on the weekend of the 23rd of May. A tip have been handed a tough group and pitted against both of last year's All-Ireland finalists, Dublin and Cork. I'm delighted to say that China is now along the link to discuss these proposed dates and what lies ahead for tip in the coming months. It's two-time All-Ireland winning captain, Samantha Lem. Samantha, you're welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank uh, first of all, uh, Cork's getting back to the field next week. I suppose they can't wait. 
Yeah, I'd say they're looking forward to it now. It's been a long time um, training on your own and doing Zoom calls and running sessions on your own. Um, I know what it's like from last year, I suppose, and it's only so long you can do that for and keep yourself motivated. You're mad to get back out there and um, onto the field. And I don't think um, anything can compare to your own training sessions in comparison to a field session with your um, players as well. Like, So I, I think uh, the girls would be very much so looking forward to meeting each other, first of all, and getting back out there and um, pushing each other on because it won't be too long coming till the, the league starts. And I suppose they need to get as much preparation in as they can. Um, they have a, a fair old group um, in their uh, round robin, so it, it should be interesting. Yeah, it must be fair to to keep yourself motivated. I know you know yourself from last year um, during lockdown training on your own. Yeah, it is like, but I suppose, look, I'm that type of person. It nearly suited me as well because I suppose I just have that motivation. Um, I didn't mind training individually and I was able to work around my own kind of schedule and I had my own routine in place. So once I had my routine in place, I was I was grand and I actually got into a rhythm of it. But other players will find that very, very difficult. And I know a lot of girls did struggle with trying to get themselves going and get themselves into routine. But for me, I think if once I got myself into the routine and I just knew what was going on and what was needed of me, um, I just kind of found the time just to try and improve on what I needed to improve on, uh, whether it was speed work or uh, fitness or uh, ball skills. So um, I tried to make the negative into a positive, let's say, and uh, work on my own um, weaknesses as well as, as trying to improve my strengths too. So I suppose that's just kind of mindset that you have to be in and try to get yourself around because... Other than that, it's difficult, like, you know. So I think if they keep pushing one another, um, they they have a really, really bright year ahead of them. Yeah, because, uh, like, Shane Ronan brought the standard of football and tip to a completely different level over the last five or six years. And there's no management in place this year when they can care. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jesus, Shane did a serious amount of work. Um, with us all. And, like, you can see that of all the achievements that we've... Um, have got throughout the years, I suppose, the, the two All-Ireland uh, Intermediate titles in 2017-2019 and then you had the two National Leagues coming from Division 3 to Division 2 to Division 1, like it's you and know, I, I think that's um, a huge honour um, and we have to be very appreciative of what Shane has done for us and he really kind of built a culture and a really kind of a team that really get along like, like a, a, a big family now and I think um, Declan Carr is a, is, is a lucky man to have a serious bunch of players that he can deal with and um, they all have a bright future ahead of them they're very very young and they have so much potential so I have no fear that they'll go far Yeah because looking at the league it's a tough group but these are the kind of teams that you want to be playing against Yeah definitely and sure look like you can see that they're playing Dublin there I think is it their first match I'm not sure when they're playing it doesn't really matter like we played Dublin last year, we drew against them in the first round of the league. Like, um, and to be fair, if I'm being honest, we were surprised ourselves that we 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 did draw with them. But like at that, we we kind of need to start learning ourselves that we are there for, um, you know, we we're, we're up with those teams, and I, I know the girls will will compete against against uh, Dublin and Cork and Waterford again this year, and I have no doubt that they'll put it up to them and. So the, the, those teams will fear tip as well. Like, you know, we have serious players and um, I think the, the youth that's coming through now um, will really start to be seen and they'll only get better and better as the year goes on. As the, I know Declan is working on their SNC, their strength and conditioning and their physical uh, strength. So that's a huge benefit to the girls and I know they'll bring that to the field and they'll feel the difference. Then I suppose at times last year, maybe... And um, there's a few things that we we sh- we needed to work on, and one of them that would have stood out to me would have been trying to break the tackle, and um, we struggled at that at times. So it's just coming from intermediate up to senior, it's a huge step up, and I don't think um, we realised it. I suppose any of us that were on the 2018 team that uh, won the All Ireland final in 2017, we went up to senior and got relegated. We would have realised that this, this, it's the tiniest of differences, like, and that's what cost us that year. It was a small bit of difference in the round robin against Sonny Gall and Kerry, we only lost both those games by a point, like, and then we end up relegated, you know, so uh, it's a small margin, it's about the cuteness, I suppose, and being able to read the game. It's not so much about your football ability because we can all play football. It's 
down to your um, the cuteness and kind of just slowing things down when things need to be slowing down if someone needs to go down a very cynical style I know but that's that's where you are when you're up in senior and I think we did learn from our mistakes and that's important once we've learned from them we can carry them on and we did carry them on to last year's championship again very very close into um, uh, the championship we were against Monaghan and uh, Galway so I hope the girls learn from both those matches again because there was such small uh, margin between the two of us and I'm sure they'll bring it into this year's championship and league series as well. Yeah, because like you said there, you did learn from 18, but just looking at the championship last year, you showed that you belong in, in senior football, like a uh, couple of decisions in either game and it could have easily been not in a semi-final. Yeah, definitely. Look, those decisions are always going to be there. So I suppose we can't really dwell on those either or blame certain decisions or referees or things that didn't go our way. Like we have to, like, show. anytime I went out into the field, it was, if something wrong, it was me that I reflected on and kind of looked back on what should I have done, what should I have done to make things right there. Like, you know, when you're kind of coming home in the car and against uh, Galway and you're you're trying to reflect I know I got Zimbin that day and I was like what, what should I have done or what shouldn't I have done what can I work on to not get maybe Zimbin the next day and even if it was like I suppose I felt that I was hurt on by because I we I replayed the the challenge I suppose a few times over and I just should that's always a small bit biased maybe um, but like you know you're just trying to work on what uh, went wrong and you can't dwell on referees decisions or things that didn't go our way what if what if what if because I suppose if you're going to live like that we mightn't get anywhere so um, I think if you just drive on and just a lot of what should be taken from that now Thomas is is uh, belief and I think if they can take from that and believe in themselves I think we'll be going a, a long way because that's half the battle I think up in the in your head like if you can believe that you belong up there I think they um they have a serious chance. Yeah, because football and tip has come a long way in the last couple of years, ladies' football especially. And like I know if there was a transfer market there, to be a lot of them looking for a lot of them temporary players. Yeah, definitely. There's serious work being done in fairness to the county board. Like um, there's development squads that were never there when I was um, 16. I think there's an under 13 development squad. There's an under 15 development squad. They were never there when I was there. And like, I think they're a huge benefit. It really gets the girls into the routine of a county squad. And they're so dealing with trainers and coaches that have serious a skill set and they can really drive it on. I know I learned so much from the lads this year again or from Ed and um, James and uh, the rest of them. I just learned so, so much from them with regards to defensive drills and just getting your mind thinking um, a lot more. And I know they're a huge involvement with the underage as well. Like So um, there's massive amount of work done. You can see the benefits of it um, now and you can see the, the youth that are coming through. And it's very important because I think there is a massive step up between minor and senior. And I don't think um, girls understand it until it actually they hit the field and they they meet the likes of Dublin and Galway and um, Cork. And now you're up against, you know, you're not up against girls anymore. You're against women and it's a different ball game altogether. Um, but, you know, there's, it's been huge and there's massive growth for it around the county and the support that we've had has been phenomenal. So um, long that made that last. Yeah, looking at uh, looking at just in Australia there over the weekend, uh, another big weekend for Order the Wire. Another big weekend to look forward to next weekend. Absolutely, what an athlete! Um, I think Stephen Gleeson had it up on his Twitter there earlier that Maloney had mentioned her being she could be uh, an Olympic athlete um, and a champion at that. If you're asking me, because the girl is just phenomenal, and then she puts her hands at it, is is she just? Is is a class of it. So, um, look, I'm absolutely delighted for her. I'm so so proud of her. I think she's really really living it up over there and showing what class she has and skill she has. And, uh, she's such a humble, uh, young girl. Like and uh, like she takes everything in her stride. And again, she'll take this in her stride going into next uh, weekend. She had a super game today. Um, always tries her best. You can never doubt Orla for giving it a hundred percent. And if things aren't going her way, she'll still drive it on to the last second and I think that's um, a serious uh, kind of asset of, of someone like that someone who's it maybe might, mightn't be there with their day but Orla will keep hounding and hounding and 
Um, she's a huge benefit and like that's why she is a dual player and that she's able to be so, so successful at both Camogie and uh, football at home and not as long as well as the, the AFL over in Australia like and um, she really is kind of showing her 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 class over there now as well and I'm uh, delighted for her in the finals now next weekend. Yeah, what a lot of people tend to forget is she's still only 22. That's all. Very, very young. Like, and um, as I say, she's so humble. She, like, she, she wouldn't take too much, um, I suppose, applaud. Like, she, she'd be very... Um, moving on to the next thing. Yeah, I did that. And I, I'm going on to the next thing now. Like, she wouldn't take too much um, from it. So... Uh, look, she's she's class and she's a very, very nice girl as well. And as I said, she's such a bright future ahead. And I don't think um, the Lions will want to leave her go anytime soon. So she's been a huge addition to them. And I can only see her getting better and progressing as years go on. Will we see her in a blue and gold church later on the year? We'd like to hope so, I suppose. Like the girls will um will want her back, I have no doubt. And I'm sure the Camogie girls will want her too. Like she's such an important player to both squads and has also has always featured on the starting fifteen on both squads the majority of the time. So um look, she always tries to give her give everything to anything that she puts her hand at. So I've no doubt that she'll try to get back and look, she look, it's her it's her own decision at the end of the day and um I'm sure everyone will back her no matter what she does anyway, but it'd be great to see her back in blue and gold um, hopefully in the next coming months. Yeah, because in fairness, all the girls that have gone out there from all across the country, they've all been a huge success though. Oh, absolutely. They're, I suppose it's just a natural skill set that they have, like, you know, catching and kicking and they're so athletic as well. Like, you know, the girls that um, Orlando Wire did beat today, like Ashley Sheridan and uh, Sarah Rowe, like they're, they're, they're absolutely flawless out there as well. And you have um Aish Constein in that Orla will be playing next week with uh, Adelaide. So um they're a huge success. They're really flying the flag and um it's great to see it. And I, I feel that maybe the AFL will start to take over there in the next couple of years that we'll see more and more Irish girls heading to Australia to compete in the AFL competition. Hopefully they're gonna get their hands on the likes of Ashley morning. <laughs> um, and Ashley McCarthy picked up a knee injury there. Hopefully, that's not too serious. There, a couple of yeah, weeks. no, yeah, I, I, she did all right. Yeah, I think she's um kind of just resting it. I think four months or something. I think she was saying so. Look, um, it's in a brace at the minute from the photos I see, and I was on her as well. So she look after does anyone to look after herself and to rehab. It's it's um Ash Mac, and I know she'll do the very best to get back as soon as she can. Um, and get herself into the right con- condition that she needs to be in um, to get back wearing blue and gold and back playing with two plays football. Yeah, but hopefully we'll see the two girls back in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Samantha, thanks very much for coming on to the show and uh, hopefully talking to you again during the year. No, but I thank you for having me. So that's it for another show. Thanks to Jonathan Cullen, Philly Ryan and Samantha Lambert for joining us. Best of luck to Dorothy Wall with the Irish rugby team on Saturday afternoon against the French in Donnybrook. And don't forget to have the alarm clock set early on Saturday morning to cheer on Orla at the wire in the grand final with Brisbane Lions. Keep an eye out on our social media channels for something special coming up in the next few days. You won't want to miss it. Good luck, take care, and we'll talk to you all again soon. Mm-hmm.